girl is like a race horse. I who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline moderate horses. I don't think anybody should be surprised that that is the nature of the harbour. And of course we know that the harbour famously cannot tolerate any dissent. So What's that? Well, we know who the harbour, who associate with the harbour. You just said that we were trying to right wing harbour Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left wing position, hard left, hard left to the harbour, the hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 hard when it's fair and warm Hello and welcome to The Third Wave I am Jack Frayne Reed and I have caught coronavirus off my copy of Change the Independent Group <laughs> 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 Who could have predicted this? The latest gaffe in the honourable history of Change UK it is, it is grave sand bundled in with it because uh, unbeknownst to you, you ordered it from fucking Rental again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so today we're going to get into the weeds. Me and Yaya, of course, uh, are always in the weeds to some extent, but we're going to get we're going to get into the weeds of some great writing. I've got permission from the Twitter user to jack his content for this. So Dandelion at Teizu underscore Hori, who has given us, as I said, permission to read from his extensive, uh, not just thread, but spreadsheet on the Londonary Oeuvre. And hopefully <laughs> by the end of this episode, I will have learnt to say Londonary. <laughs> you know, I actually, I invited this comrade on the show. He politely declined, but gave us his blessing to uh, go through this uh, wonderful material. So <laughs> today we're going to be looking at the, the work of, I think, Roger Lund- Lundieri. Yes, Roger Lundieri. Oh, yes. So let's... Just give everyone a taste of what we're going to be talking about today. I'll just read his bio here. About the author. Roger Londonieri is just a security guard and college student. He earned a bachelor degree in a Bachelor of Business Administration from Northwood University. Is that a real university? Does anyone know? I don't think so. Uh. Um. Well, it could be American, but then he sort of contradicts that elsewhere here. Anyway. Oh no! It, it is. It, it is a real private university in Midland, Michigan. Oh, okay, Michigan. Okay, well, let's look out for references to Michigan in his oeuvre. Um, Roger Lundieri grew up in Long Beach, California, and was born there and also a conservative business owner. (laughs) He is a Scottish-British American who is a worker and a freeloader who drinks alcohol, smokes a Sherlock Holmes pipe, and gambles in casinos because they are the greedy good guys. And is this Michael Duggar writing? (laughs) 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 And also against the death penalty. Oh, who is a conservative businessman, like Walt Disney. 
Okay, that's one sentence done. Uh, Roger Londonieri came from a family of workers and freeloaders who were patriots. (laughs) Besides this, he is a hunter in hunting season and collects stuffed animals as a hobby for his apartment in Long Beach, California. He is a ghostwriter. Now that's, I find that fascinating because, like, you'll see the, the... literary acumen of Roger throughout his, his his various works and think this is the kind of guy who I would hire to uh, bring some stylistic flair as a writer to my, my work that I as a non-writer am incapable of finishing. Roger Londonieri is a Scottish, British, American and a traditional businessman like Walt Disney, again, who is a fiction writer and a patriot Scottish, British, American who publishes at lulu.com. Okay. <laughs> so that's who we're talking about today. So uh, what, what sort of books does he write? Or write, in inverted commas, this, this Roger guy? Well, you know... The good shit, you know, kind of like Jeremy Dunn's, Tom Watson, Bill Clinton style espionage. I, I, those are just the greats of the genre who uh, came to mind. You know, that stuff that's like sexy adventures, globe trotting stuff, lots of international intrigue, lots of geopolitical strife. So a lot of them seem to follow this character who's called Ian Shag, who is described as an idiot of the British Navy. Now, from the book The Traditional Commander, which um, kind of looks like a sort of 1800s cover, but like made on Microsoft Paint, um, like my, my copy of um, The Communist Manifesto I used to have that has long since like fallen apart uh, just you know completely like grey like sepia toned I guess is what I was thinking of like the, the pages have crisped with age except they haven't because it's made on Microsoft Paint <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's hear about Commander Ian Shag from the back cover blurb of the traditional commander. Apparently Mr. Shag, Commander Shag rather, is an idiot of the British Royal Navy. <laughs> That's a battle style Royal Navy. And that means even with the ladies. To start with, two women are in love with the same man. Darlene Simon and Florence Waters are in love with the commander and it is a battle between love for the same man and wait and see who gets him at the end. Find out and see. I love that final find out and see. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. This is like what the fucking gapes intro to the cut book is written like. Here we go. Here's a more in-depth bio from within the book. Sir Ian Shag promoted from no he's both commander and sir is a womanizing conservative (laughs) who supports capitalism and being a freeloader scottish british who drinks alcoholic drinks smokes a sherlock holmes pipe and gambles in casinos much like i feel like this is maybe a kind of author surrogate (laughs) (laughs) he is a worker scottish british male and he is a conservative scottish british male because he is a british commander of the british navy he is also a conservative businessman scottish british 
<laughs> is this shit generated by a fucking AI? I mean, I think my theory is yes, but we'll yeah. come to that. That, that, yeah, I want to hear more about that. But so, Ian Shag owns a publishing company and casino. One thing that is the benefit of the Conservative Party is less tax on your wealth or income, because even a cook or chef could benefit from that. This is a patriot philosophy of government. He is a patriot conservative British who is a conservative party, who is a traditional (laughs) worker and a conservative businessman who is against control because some own newspaper business. So he is is against control because some own newspaper business and casinos because they are the the greedy good guys who are in the Anglican church who liked Sir Winston Churchill. Well, where's the line? Well, that's cleared it right up. Cheers. benevolent British establishment. There are even conservative businessmen who are programmers in the Royal Navy in England who are worldly Scottish British who are patriot (laughs) businessmen such as a casino. What is socialist about him is he is against the death penalty who are conservative businessmen. (laughs) So basically he's against the guillotine and that's his left wing wing view. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they repeatedly mention that he's against the death penalty. It's just like a bit of added <laughs> colour to the character. So here's our introduction to Ian Shag, Idiot in War and in Love. One thing that had been experienced by the British Royal Navy was the battles at sea were elaborate and challenging when it came to the war with Germany and Commander Ian Shag helped to win some of these battles because he was such an idiot. He first was sent out to sea to do a mission that was to sink those bastard Nazis once and for all. Nothing else actually mattered but drinking and women who like smokes besides taking dope were things in life that mattered as a commander of the British Royal Navy. Okay, I'm seeing the AI thing now. Like, at first, <laughs> this just seemed like a lot of concert, how a lot of conservatives tweet and write to me. But yes, I'm starting to be Conservatives swayed. are AIs. <laughs> they must but well i think a lot of the ones online actually are to be fair because they're all they're all like <laughs> 500 for what those of them on social media uh, who are a small percentage and have no business doing it so they definitely have to like bulk out those numbers by getting some cunt in cchq to run like uh uh moment momentum terran uh, as Geraint was tweeting about yesterday. Um, although those accounts, a lot of them probably just run like pretend to be 17 year old Keir Starmer supporters now <laughs> <laughs> in the basement of uh, Conservative Party HQ. Anyway, let's get back to Ian Shag. Commander Ian Shag had participated in many battles in his life in the Second World War mostly like Michael John Gapes in the Gate Pass mythology, but he did once had a hell of a life with women and drinking because that kept him going every day because he loved doing those things and enjoying himself in every way he could. So that kind of fell into a sentence almost. That did, it was still a badly yeah. worded sentence, but, it, you know, it had a through line. Um, yeah. 
He once got laid with the office secretary at the Bristol Naval Base and had a good time with her by drinking the best Italian wine in town at the Manchester Wine Cellar and had that date on the beach in Canterbury. And de- Hang on, where did he have this date? Was it Bristol? Was it Manchester? Was it Canterbury? It was the film Three Businessmen by Alex Cox where they like are wandering an urban locale and it's like somewhere in England in the first bit of the film and then you realise, wait, shit, when do they get to Japan? Why are they in rural Mexico now? The beach in Canterbury and dinner was a delight because the salmon was cooked medium and the red wine tasted also like a delight no matter how one may have t- may have tasted it. The salmon was cooked on the beach and the wine was chilled in a bucket of ice for about two hours before eating time. <laughs> and that gave them sufficient time to go skin about an hour. At the present time, Commander Ian Shag had been seeing Darlene Simon, who had been working at the office on and off during the year for about five years, and he had discovered that she has been very skilled in the art of love, not just possess a figure, but also intelligent in the Royal British Navy, and thus has been interested in British intelligence quite some time, because she has been waiting for the right time and the right moment to be accepted. When Darlene Simon got in the British Naval Intelligence, she had achieved elaborate tasks that made her a high-ranking officer for the Navy, and besides that, she was ranked higher than any other secret intelligence service agent in the intelligence service agent in the secret service, and besides, she had slept around a bit and thus had many lovers to make love off-duty hours. One, she had often seen Commander Ian Shag, but that was only one lover she could never outdo because she learned he was such a hell of an idiot when it came to sex. Other lovers like John Helm, <laughs> she was able to experience the pleasures of drunkenness and besides that, the pleasures of life. This didn't just mean sex with another, but also drinking the most pleasurable wines and champagnes in good old England, but mostly in London, and this meant drinking a lot of it. Besides that, it was a pleasurable moment to being a ladies' man and sleep with as many as a man could in one night or in one week could be, though, as the pleasures would lead to the pleasures of experiencing sex on some occasions. (gasps) <gasps> what? Yeah. <laughs> That's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Take a breath. <laughs> That's a hell of a long sentence. Rock and roll. Yeah, this is like who puts a lot of syllables in the bar and <laughs> wow. Wow. It's like it if Ulysses was written I mean, as a tweet. I, I I once read the first chapter of a spy novel by noted Twitter crank Ian Duns. Oh, that guy. You mean no, Jeremy yeah, sorry, Duns, Jeremy sorry. Duns. Uh, Jeremy yeah, Duns. Yeah, no, you mean Brexit Dunn, who's a, at Brexit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jeremy Duns, the big harassing creep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I read the first chapter of one of his novels once and couldn't get any further. But it was it was maybe a marginally better written version of that. Basically, like, yeah, had, yeah, yeah, he had <laughs> exact same lots energy. of hot sex and drank the finest wines, but was an idiot with the hot sex, but liked wine. <laughs> yeah, it was on that level, and yeah. um, 
<laughs> yeah. In most cases, it was experiencing the romantic evening besides an ongoing fire with two glasses of wine or champagne and wearing as little clothes <laughs> as possible and thus kissing in the most romantic way and that partly covered with a polar bear <laughs> partly covered with a polar bear fur that would end the evening. Because <laughs> they'd get attacked by a bear <laughs> and she'd die <laughs> and he'd have to go and find a new suitor. When Darlene Simon was promoted years later in the Secret Service as Chief Advisor, she discovered that Commander Ian Shag was Commander of the Royal Navy and found time to make love to him more often, thus the only thing was to see him whenever he was not occupied with another lover. After all, this Catherine Shag was doing the same at the time and it was a big damn mess yeah. for them both and then after <laughs> that he was sent out on his last mission on the HMS Elizabeth Battleship. So there's a sort of love triangle going on there. Yeah. Where the story first began with this one hell of an idiot in the Royal Navy. That paragraph concludes, I didn't realise. So, the traditional commander was per first published on the 20th of November 2017. On the 30th, Roger returned with five more books. Now, there's one called Operation Seaport, which introduces Sandra Shag, Ian's possibly wife, but it's not entirely clear, and also fellow naval intelligence officer and fellow idiot. <laughs> there exerted the pleasures of working together when in training because it was common with Sandra Shag and Ian Shag to, who had mixed pleasure with business. It was composed of a nightcap after training was done for the day and often went to dinner and spent a nightcap together that was composed of a glass of wine and on some days during the year it was champagne. So back to the wine and the champagne, the only uh, so suitable accoutrements to the kind of hot love making that we are seeing so far in, in these literary works. <laughs> no matter what had happened on those days, it showed up with great performances on the training and that was composed of physical and manual work. It was often the case that a mild body massage went along with the wine. He gave her a rub down to her upper body. Nothing seemed so benevolent <laughs> as it was because nothing could be compared with it but just had along with enjoy it being just I've lost my place. <laughs> oh and just a massage. Ian Shag is giving Sandra Shag a massage. Um he then moved them down her lower back all the way to her upper shoulders. Wait wait <laughs> What right already there's a problem, right? <laughs> And then the Italian wine was being drunk by her as he did so. And then the massage to her felt just fine to her. Your hands feel so muscular, monsieur, said Sandra Shag. Yes, Why, I know. Monsieur? Why, yeah. French? <laughs> yes, I know. I have worked out over the years, retorted Ian Shag. Do it a little longer. I wouldn't mind if I do. This time do my upper back. That was my next thought. Use some of that oil, whatever is it. It is eucalyptus juice. It feels so fine. Do it a little longer, it makes me feel relaxed. Pour more of that juice. My pleasure. How much? Enough to cover my back. Sure. Want some wine? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I am almost done here and then I will do so. 
Ian Shag did the final massage and then took a wine glass and poured some wine and then made a toast with her. To us and may we live long and prosper. <laughs> okay, Spark. Ne- next they... fucking sexy dialogue with two people where one of us is gonna do one line and the other. Yeah, we, we need other. we need to we need to get a alternate in because it's just, it's just not quite doing justice to how sexy it is. I don't know, man. I've, I'm still hard. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And after all that, it's like Ian Shag drank his glass and then gave her a very nice kiss. And then laid on each other <laughs> on the comfortable bed in his oh, no. They're both really bad at shooting <laughs> firearms, which, you know, maybe that's how yeah. um, Sandra's upper back ended up, like, down somewhere on her body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some, some uh, William S. Burroughs shit. Oh, I've when accidentally shot my Cheney. wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I I hope that like Dick Cheney's victim, she apologized to him for shooting her afterwards. <laughs> Let's just do a, just a very short bit of dialogue here. What is your goal? Asks Sandra Shag. Now, asked Ian Shag. Yes. To seek a career in the secret service. Is that all? For now. Oh, so like big adventures still to come. You can tell that. Yep. So then, <laughs> then like the author, although I guess five more fucking books came out like that same day. So there's plenty of shag to go around. But then the author was just like, fuck Ian Shag. He's done enough. I've got a new guy now called Ernest Living Livington. A se- this is like Kington in uh, Decker, where you're like, he's, he's, is he Kingston? And because Tim Heidecker sometimes accidentally calls him Kingston, but no, he's Kington. Uh, the, <laughs> the next couple of books put aside Ian Shag with Operation Lancaster, following Ernest Livington, a sailor dating a Nazi spy who likes horny things like spirits and fish. This is the this is uh, Dandelion's uh, own prose here. This is not uh, yeah. authentic yeah. uh, Londonery shit. <laughs> uh, but it's in it's in the spirit of it, you know. It, yeah, they've, exactly. They've, they've got a good handle by this point in the third, I think, on on the oeuvre of uh, of Mister Londonery. And what an oeuvre it is. Like I say, we'll get to that spreadsheet I've got shortly. Uh, anyway, Ernest is spying on her when she, while she spies on him or something. So, here we go. Ernest was bright and strong as a rock, besides being English. <laughs> he was a seaman, you know, no one's perfect. He was a seaman off the coast of Denmark. Most people at the Secret Service Department in England called him Ernest Livington. Is that, that not just because it's his name? Like, well, that's how names work. That's what. Like. Yeah, possibly, or but who knows? Being a man of the secret services, it could be an alias. Um, maybe he's his a real Nazi name was spy Rory himself. Stewart. Yeah, that's why he's <laughs> fucking a Nazi spy because he himself is a Nazi spy and he's really called like Hans yep. Gruber or some shit. <laughs> Hans Gruber, <laughs> a bright and young British angel- agent, besides being a seaman, because he had been dating a Nazi spy. For the past year and she liked horny things like spirits that they drink there's a lot of alcohol Im- Im- imbibed with his sexual partners nothing to worry about but to be caught in the act was the only concern 
Tarasivkov von Schlick sounds like one of the guy who gapes killed in that Russian bath. Loves Ernest because she loves British men who drink and smoke. The smoke felt smooth. I wish smoke felt fucking smooth to me right now. While the wine felt relaxing. This would bring up the kissing aspect of this one and truly placid date. Ernest Livington was handsome, but Tarasikov was attractive, but in other opinions, very attractive. Not felt like a slut by nature, but only a lover and sometimes a prostitute, because it had been a hard time to make a living. Besides, had been looking for a mate for her own true self. It was concurred to him to experience not just casual dating, but here's where it gets real, RP ready, but also spirits and dope. Yeah. <laughs> this was common in those days. Only dating and kissing were the common virtues of the time. Not dope. I'll be Tarashikov von Slick. What do you want to eat this evening? asked Ernest Livington. Fish! retorted Tarasikov von Schlick. Fish? Yes, fish. It has been a while. I am tired of sausage and spicy foods, the type of stuff one would eat in Germany. I see your point. Want to go swimming tomorrow? <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Killer stuff. Like I say, like if I was hard before, I am rock solid right now. Uh, similarly, Ian Shag uh, is apparently a very, very real person, as the short story collection bears a dedication to the memory of Commander Ian Shag and many other stories. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So then Ian Shag actually returns in the first story of End of the Affair, along with a new wife, Catherine Shag, who I believe was actually mentioned earlier, his lover Darlene Simon, who definitely appeared earlier, another lover, Debbie Smith. Oh, I don't Ian think there Shag, is, but this is a really funny one. Live up I wanna... to your name, Debbie Lyon says. Yeah, right, so End of the Affair. Commander Ian Shag has been in the Royal Navy for 20 years. He has had an adulterated love life. Darlene Long was his lover. Uh, so no a bad one. So like a, one with yeah. like long periods of celibacy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no time for a break because Catherine Shag has been up to naughty business as well. She was a whore besides a wife of the commander. It was at Reuters that she had been working for the past eight months so far. Anti-journalist, I like it. At least more income for the two bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Both being married before. Both had an adulterated love life to be proud of for now. No fate in mind, only to be ready for future happenings. A trial to be set for them because Commander Ian had been assigned to one there weeks ago. It was a mutiny. Before he does anything, he must have that one last affair. It would be wise and avid not to get caught. No time to waste only to establish reason to see one another in the future. So I'm noticing very short sentences here. They've, yeah. kind, they've kind of moved on from, like, Philip Roth, where a sentence lasts a paragraph, to, like, Cormac McCarthy, where it's just, like, mm -hmm. the 
the bald man <laughs> crushed the child's skull. Yeah, yeah. Or it's going to like the the more modern Bond films where it's like trying to be gritty and, and realistic as opposed to yeah, the, the grim and gritty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, coming in. She was from Spain. He was English. They both loved drinking the best Spain wines in Europe. Drunk and sexually Spain active. Wine. Spain wines. Drunk and sexually active was the primary reasons to be with one another. Ready for more intoxications. On those special occasions, they drank champagne. Fucking hell, change the records. Darlene Long loved that the best. Smooth and intoxicated. Lucid time together during the 1930s. Oh <laughs> shit, yeah, I guess this is like set during the war, isn't it, this one? I don't know. He's jumping around a lot, isn't it? Like, because it says he's been in the navy for twenty years at this point, so that's like the nineteen tens. Well, you could be in, a, uh, you know, this could be set back then. Basically, yeah. she was ready to go to work before one more drink was established. Oh man, that's such a good bit. Like slightly down, Fred. Yes. <laughs> drink, drink along with flowers that she loves. Red roses were it. Sense them, taste them. Above all, kiss them and the commander as well. No time to prepare for this royal trial at the infirmatory because mutiny was what happened. She went to work and wanted to apply for British intelligence for secret service reasons. Reasons to be gay. Yeah. <laughs> reasons to be straight about this world of spies <laughs> the Nazis, the KGB that, Russians th- th- this intelligence was, this, this was is... the draft of the Simpsons Morrissey jokes like, uh, gay, Nazis, uh, what else the, this, next bit, this next bit is the draft of the Change UK but the Nazis, the KGB <laughs> Russians intelligence was it it was where all the fun was at <laughs> women, more women not necessarily lesbians a club for f**ks. Oh, I, I real hope poli- that real means cigarettes. Do not, in, do not endorse uh, every line of this. <laughs> um, cigarette club, yeah. We don't, ha- we don't have homophobes on our show. Sorry, no. Brian, you're out, bro. Had <laughs> <laughs> a good innings. Oh well. <laughs> More than this, a great way to enjoy life, wealth, accomplishable times between life and death. Men of love, women of passion. <laughs> the experience of sex was part of being a spy or even commander of the Royal Navy. Sleep around, fuck a little bit with these lovely Spain ladies. <laughs> a, t- <laughs> a time for sex, a time for life, nothing but that. Darling Long, who's apparently renamed herself since the last page of this, uh, yeah, was the love of his life. Th- that was like some epic poetry right there, just like pretty much from the club for f- Bit. Like it would, no, just I'd say like from <laughs> women, more women, not necessary lesbians. <laughs> like ah. just there's so much shit. Men of love, women of passions. It sounds like the lyrics to Mother of Muses on the last Bob Dylan album. I, I can I can imagine Gapes getting up in the Commons in his glory years <laughs> and just just men of love, women of passions, all have voted to send British troops into foreign nations. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. This was the end of the affair when he took upon the mutiny and took upon another lover. Naval intelligence offered Debbie Smith. It was all due to lust and more lust. Ah. Wow. Well, <laughs> exciting. What happens next? I want. I want him seeing as this is like set during the Second World War, possibly. Apparently. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I want more like Nazi stuff. Like, I want him going toe-to-toe with those bastards. Ah, here we go. Right, so the very next tweet. 
The Berlin headquarters was guarded by several units of the Wehrmacht soldiers because it was a hostile place in Berlin and many assignments were assigned there. Okay. The, the snow has been falling besides that and secret missions were on the agenda. Not just with the Americans, but also the British, and that was why Tarasikov von Schlick has been driving to the headquarters of- Tense is fucking all over the place in this shit. To the headquarters <laughs> yeah. office building this early in the morning. It was only 500 hours. The night before was her adventure with one of her lovers, and drunkenness was quite common with them. Not just secret service assignments, besides being a prostitute off and on during the year. <laughs> As a prostitute, she was treated by treated like a lady, even though was a Nazi bartender with large honkers. But as a lady, she was treated like a prostitute because the prostitutes were horny because they like a horny time. Wow. Amazing. Okay, so one thing she had experienced with the British and that was they were such idiots. Well, where's the lie? Yeah, there's some truth in this. It's craziness. There. They seduced their agents and sometimes seduced them to become British agents. That... So they seduced British agents to become British agents. <laughs> that leads to the Nazis loosing the spy wars. The most known was Sir Ian Shag. Oh, oh, here we go. A notorious patriot British thief and womanizer. <laughs> Tarasi, he was a patriot, but he Swindlers was a Swindlers and thieves. Swindlers and thieves. Womanizers. <laughs> Tar Tarasikov just learned the other day that he can be such an idiot because every time he was on an assignment, he ended up had killed Nazis like her. He needed to die. Bad habit of had survived this horrible spy war operations, and far as Tarasikov knew, he could end up in having had seduced her because she liked British men, and they were the type that liked to smoke, drink, and make love. It's just beautiful prose, isn't it? You know. <laughs> Continuing the Nazi theme. So I'm not sure when the Ian Shag books were actually, the previous ones were actually set. The final book released on the 30th of November 2017 continued both in the Shag Chronicles very literally no, sorry, okay this is literal shagging Ian Shag does not actually seem to be a character in this book. This is a book called A Nazi Who Shagged yeah, Me. Yeah, that's, that's going to be what ends up getting us. Many Nazis, right, um, yes. Many studious German people liked those German beer parties when school session was not in session, and that was one of their special interests in Germany, and the women liked dope and spirits. Hell yeah. Often, it was the case that the whorehouses were, were visited on a regular basis by some of the drunks and sailors who had extra time to waste, because that is what Nazi investors are good at, besides owning casinos and brokerage companies, <laughs> and besides being a commercial real estate agent with a mathematics degree. Because I think, people get. <laughs> I think he's talking about the far right establishment of pre revolutionary Cuba, which was very good at owning casinos and I'm sure brokerage yeah. companies. 
Besides being a commercial real estate agent with a mathematics degree, because people get further in life with hard work like accounting and finance. <laughs> Besides engineering with haughty eyes and the women like the <laughs> sex dope and alcohol. Because the yeah, goal was to enjoy one... No go. time for freeloaders like Ian Shag here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and this is all in the context of what Nazi investors are good at as well. So <laughs> the, the author seems to really admire these, these, you know, these Nazi investors. Um, because the goal was to enjoy one horny time with one another. Because it was one avid moment for both bastards to deal with, and that was the end of it. Now to sleep with whores who liked sex besides dope and spirits, and were the primary interest for who liked partying. And had avid pa- I think they had other interests at that point. I think they probably did, yeah. Um, had avid <laughs> passions for other women because their whores were outstanding in a beautiful sense. And it was only one of their qualities because many did so in such elaborate times. Because one whore was an SS agent for years and top officers did sleep with her besides her daily lovers before had decided to establish a more stable life with a single lover of hers. Tanya Iris was brought up as a farmer daughter but later a bartender at some of these German restaurants. With big honkers. It doesn't specify. <laughs> we, we, we can only speculate. And then she did her whoring <laughs> off-duty hours, and she did experience various lovers from time to time in her life, because the friends and Italian whores also liked spirits and dope and sex. One lover was a sailor who drank some beer at the bars, but some prostitutes in Germany were lesbians who liked sex besides dope and alcohol. They all like sex and dope and spirits. Who doesn't, man? You you don't need to keep specifying it every time. (laughs) Thus, many of them were part of those lesbian special interest groups, and that included (laughs) black and white pornography. (laughs) (laughs) It was also lucid in Germany for some time. I think they're getting confused there. It was was, uh, gay men in Oliver Stone's JFK who jacked each other off while watching Triumph of the Will. <laughs> it was also lucid in Germany for some time because Ernest was a sailor and reader of pornography after work on those German destroyers. But more than that, it was a relaxation to look at benevolent girl magazines for entertainment. <laughs> benevolent girl. Oh god. Love me a woman who's benevolent. <laughs> to, to sneak into the uh, into the newsagents just before closing time and be like, get me one of those benevolent girl magazines from the top <laughs> shelf. But Tanya Iris didn't mind it one bit about his male habits from time to time, but their relationship was significant and her lovers as well were also significant and nothing else mattered but that. Oh, well, that's the main thing. Incredible. Uh, I don't think we need to read the one Amazon review for that because no, no, I agree with some... the five star take, but uh, yeah, it... exactly. Yeah. Uh, Robert Lundieri then Lundieri, fuck's sake, then returned the very next day with four new Ian Shag books: The Spy with a Double Life, The KGB Agent Who Shagged Me, The Commander Who Shagged Me, sensing a theme here, and the Red November, which is a tantalising title, suggests that maybe the focus will be taken off the Nazis and uh, perhaps put onto the Soviets. In The Spy with a Double Life, we learned what happened to Sandra Shag. She died. And why taxes are so high in England. This instalment introduces S, who acts as the M-like figure in later Shag books. Also, title drop in this. 
Sandra Shag and Ian Shag were dating years ago before her death in 1945 and then Ian was visiting Darla Harriet and remained a bachelor. Off to a good start of sentence one. Yep. The year is 1948. Thank you for specifying at last. <laughs> they have all been in London, England. England has been known for a fantasy country of kings and queens and lords, and that has been why taxes have been so high to keep it as a British country of a fantasy country of queens, kings and lords. So it's, it's all Ian Austin's fault, is what I'm learning. Every time any of us pay tax, VAT, anything, you can blame Ian Austin and Lord Walney and all the rest of them. <laughs> Plenty to blame those guys for. Yep. Yes, that morning, called Darla Harriet and Ian Shag to the office early that morning for some interrogations of the next mission. Look, the only way I trust you'll remember the details of this next mission is if I waterboard them into you. <laughs> <laughs> Darla Harriet and Ian Shag have been up early last night to up and early that morning because Ian Shag also treats her like a whore who used to be a German and even used to work for the Nazis during the Second World War and even she joined the MI6 for some time about a good three to five years so far. Sandra Shag died years ago of heart failure <laughs> and most of the inheritance went to Ian Shag and a few other relatives from Sweden. <laughs> Sweden known for its vast quantities of Shag Gold. Yeah. Shag a traditional Swedish surname. Yeah, yeah. You're going to bring your sort of general mystique and gravitas to, <laughs> to play S. Um, so, you know, kind of... Who who played... Judy Dench played M in the last few Bond films. You're a kind of Dench character. I mean, like, it was it John Cleese before her? Or was that Q or some shit? There's been a, um, there's been yeah, a few. Yeah, John Cleese was. Q, Q, yeah, I no, bef before him. He's like Ben Whishaw now. Yeah, be before Judy Dent, I've just looked it up. It was just a, a couple of sort of character actors, uh, Bernard Lee and Robert Brown, okay. just sort of respectable old men who could be sort of big bosses in in MI6. Oh, right, so they were like, we're going to cast it as a woman to get into yeah. the 21st century. I don't watch James Bond, a female M. I'm going to boycott these films now. I'm only, <laughs> I'm, I'm only going to read Ian Shag books from now on until we get a male M again. Yeah, yeah you're going to be S. I am going to be Darla Harriet, and uh, Geraint is going to play... The, the dashing debonair Ian Shag. I will have you two on a mission together. Said S, lit his Sherlock Holmes pipe, and then puffed and exhaled a few times. Sounds like Yair to me. <laughs> with whom is it this time? The spy with a double life. <laughs> what is that about? Asked Darla Harriet. It is a man from France that does both sides and even works for the French Communist Party because he has been known to commit espionage with the perfume companies and transport <laughs> toxic substances that turns people into dust and even illegal secrets to the Soviet Union. Said, said S. S. 
confronted. Step outside for a second, right? Confronted with all this, some madman who who can like turn people to dust and uh, is in league with big perfume to do it. Um, And even illegal secrets to the Soviet Union. Yeah, my my reaction to this grand conspiracy (laughs) is, what's his name? May I ask? And S replies, Pierre Frontier. May I have a light? Asked Dala Harriet. Of course, said S. Lit Dala's cigarette. But he and Shag lit S 12 inch cigarette holder and then S exhaled. Didn't like the cigarette, just an empty no. holder. <laughs> this is all the information you two will need. Pierre has been known to do both sides with the MI6 and the KGB. That is why this mission, called The Spy with a Double Life. It's a line. So be gone. I will be in touch. Take the information from here in the letter case on your way out. There you go. Here's the top secret plan in this letter case. Like... I, I was going to say, isn't it called a spy with a double life? But then I realized, no, that's a spy who shagged me. Yeah. <laughs> or, no, sorry, a, a Nazi who shagged me. That I believe as <laughs> a spy who shagged me might be testing copyright law a little bit. So then he returns to the very important subject of the British Conservative Party. Uh, I should just point out, by the way, that Pierre, that character's name, is spelt Pier. Yeah. As in, like, Brighton Pier. <laughs> Much like Pier's Yeah. Coincidence. On the road to Wigan Pier. <laughs> Sorry, it's just the road. Never mind. I fucked that up. I work. <laughs> Nothing in particular about Paris these days. Plenty of guys called Pier for some reason, but aside from that. <laughs> except it is a romantic country that likes British people. Yeah, Hang on, what? citation Paris needed. likes British people. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the most unrealistic bit of all these books. <laughs> <laughs> Even Dala Harriet and Ian Shag are part of the British Conservative Party these days. Even them. These people who, like, one of them doesn't support the death penalty. The last people you'd expect, high-ranking members of MI6. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought they were in the fucking Navy as well, Uh, but I guess both. Uh, Why not both? Even they are part of the British Conservative Party these days as British people who want to live the high life even though they are Scottish British. (laughs) Sorry, if you're you're Scottish... I've certainly seen Scotland. If a Scottish person doesn't have a fucking terrible life then they just become English. Like Geraint, you're like you. You uh, are originally English, but then you just like your life started to really suck, and then you just well, why am I in Scotland all of a sudden? I mean, first of all, I'm Welsh, but um, uh, other than yeah, I know, I know that for the joke. It, I needed you to be English for the joke. <laughs> they want to live a high life, even though they are Scottish British who want socialism, and even old-fashioned Scot British Scottish people want to be financially independent as authors and chefs. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, Darla Harriet's parents were killed by the Nazis during the. Se- I thought she was a Nazi. <laughs> Wait, no, sorry. Were killed by the Nazis during the Second World War when she was part of the Nazi Party, and her parents and siblings were killed by the Nazis for transporting Jews out of Germany. She joined the British Secret Service or otherwise MI6. She even wanted to live the high life. 
was why she joined even the British Conservative Party. <laughs> so it's like, she, MI6 were just like, hey, this person, like, was in the Nazi party while they, like, killed her family. <laughs> we should, we should invite her on board. I guess she could have said, oh, damn, now they've killed my family. They've, they've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, it's personal. It's just like, yeah, yeah, remember when we watched the Odessa file and then, like, the, the sort of, like, the, like, in the denouement of the film, it's revealed that John Voight, uh, I mean, very much in the character of John Voight, doesn't really give a <laughs> fuck about all the Jewish people killed in the Holocaust or the other people killed by the Nazis. He just cares specifically about his own, like, Nazi soldier dad who was shot yeah. by shot by some even worse Nazi for, like, saying, hey, why don't abuse that Jewish person in that specific way at this concentration camp we both work at? Like, it's I, just... I like that the Nazi says Jewish person in your quotation. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, very, very, not dropping that hard J, very, like, sensitive writing. Uh... <laughs> But yeah, it's just it's just the same. Like she's just like, oh well, my parents are like transporting Jews like out of the country because the Nazi Party, of which I am a part, is uh, killing them on <laughs> mass. I know. Uh, like, well, I guess that's their beliefs, and I respect that. Oh shit, my, the Nazis again, of whom I am a part, have killed my parents. Well, they've gone too far now. It's like purely like the John Voight and the Odessa file kind of thing. You're only allowed to be morally or politically invested in an, in a viewpoint if you're personally suffering from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we've got yet another sort of potted biography of Ian Shag here. Ian Shag is just a womanising, muscular, die-hard Scottish in the British Conservative Party. <laughs> so many die-hard Scottish in the British Conservative Party, you know. Who look conservative, who supports life without parole and drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, that's quite a good summing up of, of, of the Conservative Party grandees, actually. They look conservative. Yeah. They very much are in favour of life without parole for people who, like, stole... Uh, one of their golf okay. balls, <laughs> and uh, they do drink alcohol, as is evident in their conservative looks. Uh, they both like Sir Winston Churchill, which is why they are the Conservative Party, and besides, supports drinking spirits, <laughs> much like Churchill did himself. He is in the Conservative <laughs> Party because he wants to live the high life with high benefits, like being overloaded with benefits as a typical fucking scrounger, as an MI6 <laughs> secret agent with British intelligence. One of the benefits he gets from the MI6 is a free house and a million pound income as a secret agent for the British intelligence. Ian Shag is a pig and a womanising old-fashioned Protestant Scottish British besides a lawbreaker who is a, but a good guy, an ordinary person in many things because he is a Protestant. <laughs> good Rangers, man. Just dropping in that anti-Catholic shit or some, like, orange fucking guard stuff. Um, 
There are even Protestants who believe God. <laughs> Exceptions to the rule. Uh, and Kasori, who believe God and wealth goes together because he was a chef in his early days. Oh, right, what yeah, I didn't God. quite understand that, but say no more, he was a chef. <laughs> oh, can, can I read the next one, please? Yes, you can, please, because please I need a break, one. yeah. <laughs> Dala Harriet and Ian Shag went to the Moscow restaurant the next day called Stalin Delight. <laughs> no My French kind of place. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I, we, sh- we, should, we should start a restaurant with our, our Patreon millions called exactly that. And not, not Stalin's Delight, but just like Stalin, Stalin Delight. Delight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's also the name of our signature dish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's just fucking Novichok. We just, we just give, we give you Novichok and then steal your shit. <laughs> yeah, that's com- communism is theft. We, we right. get through dishwashers at quite a rate, unfortunately. But other than that, it's a foolproof business plan. <laughs> no French communist around, though. Just Russian communist was all. <laughs> A Scottish-British supports socialism along with preserving the history of the British past. Progressive patriotism. That classic combination, yeah. yeah. John the... Harris kind of stuff. We, we, are, we, are, we are Angela Rayner, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Happy St. George's Day, yeah. Even supports great people in the Church of England and were gamblers. Ian Shag usually goes <laughs> to the Church of England when he has time. The church of England, the church of England, just in the middle of London. There, you know? yeah. People don't know about <laughs> this. But the church. church of England is a physical location. It's just a church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scottish British has its own church, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Church of Scotland is different. That's it. Again, yeah. where you go, your life sucks. But the Church of England, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It is all about great workers and the right to be financially independent because Ian owns a small accounting firm by hand because it was 1948 and it is a family business. Ian is a Scottish British who goes to church and is a worker who looks like a conservative businessman. I bet he does. With all that champagne and vodka or whatever. Champagne, sorry, champagne and spirits. Well, we got a dialogue bit here. Ian and Darla. Are, are, are together here and they're talking to a source so Yair why don't you play the source we are looking for a good perfume to buy is all contact this person handing a business card P- Pierre Frontier French Russian Enterprise <laughs> that is an just incredible like this is my top secret firm <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the French yes. agent working for the Russians I will call my my Front group, front group, French Russian Enterprises. <laughs> this is like Ben Kingsley, Clown Union level of, of quality stuff. <laughs> Where is it located? Down the street in Town Square. Thanks. <laughs> waiter came by the table. Th- thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> the waiter came by the table. Ian Shag was tasting, smelling and sensing like a British conservative. Now, it's in the sensing his Sherlock Holmes pipe moments later. He had Christian science as buddies in college for social reasons because Ian liked smoking Sherlock Holmes pipes and drinking scotch at the local bars after class each evening meeting too. God, that's any sense, 
Even though he was a Scottish-British who liked Winston Churchill besides owning an accounting firm by hand because it was 1948 that is a family business. <laughs> what would you have? asked the waiter. I will have the fish meal and chilled red wine, replied Dala Harriet. The waiter wrote it down. You, sir? Yeah, I will have the same. <laughs> 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 the KGB agent who shagged me, a very original title, opens with Ian Shag, quote unquote, being laid, and a dubious history lesson, and then his mission is to get laid again. So, chapter one, back in Russia. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> back in the USSR, wait, no, that's taken. The spy who shagged me, wait, no, that's taken. <laughs> Ian Shag. <laughs> was being laid with Darla Harriet in his oversized apartment near Bond Street. For now, the champagne was taken out. It was poured. It was tasted by them both. It was not long that they both could hear the British National Anthem, because it did remind them of Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill. (laughs) It had great history behind it. Even though most British people supported the American cause of the American Revolution too, because King George taxed the colonials a stamp tax without proper representation, even though Britain did have proper representation. Britain was still America allies. Br- Britain known for having proper representation in the colonial era, you know? Yeah. Unless, so long as you were like literally a landowner. Well, that's what they were marching for, you know, in what resulted in the Peterloo massacre. They were marching to celebrate the great political representation that yeah. they had. Uh, Britain was... would say that it's fair to say that America didn't really set out to improve in any meaningful sense on that model. Mm. Like, not, not that wasn't their... Yeah. That wasn't what happened during the American Revolution. Like, they went from... You know, one group of wealthy white men running everything to pretty much the same group. Yeah. Their brothers yeah. And, and stuff running everything. <laughs> uh, like. They can't be a bastion of democracy like Britain, where we have proper representation <laughs> back in those days. Britain was still uh, America allies, even though the American Revolution <laughs> happened. What about the War of 1812? Well, you know, that was uh, water under the bridge. Uh, Darla Harriet. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. So just imagine that I'm a naked former Nazi here, uh, woman. Uh, Darla Harriet spoke, partially nude under the bed covers. <laughs> what is a man like you doing in a place like... This is like, uh, there's a Bob Dylan song called Sweetheart Like You, where he, like, the, the key, the, the title line is like... What's a sweetheart like you doing in a dump like this? So basically, I I ask that to grind. Like, what is I'm sweetheart like you doing in I'm dump like this? <laughs> and, uh, and much like the Dylan song, the next line is, I am just a man's world of pink lights and champagne is all, besides Sherlock Holmes pipes, and I also like life's pleasures too, is why I am a British Asian. <laughs> well, it would be better if like the Dylan song, it's just like, well, a woman like you should be at home. <laughs> that's where you belong. I think that's probably coming later in the novel, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> 
I am just a man's world of pink lights and champagne is all beside Sherlock Holmes pipes. I also that's amazing. Um, the phone rang. Ian Shag rolls over and pick up the phone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is headquarters for MI6. Is Ian Shag in? <laughs> That's brilliant, brilliant opsack there. <laughs> Mike, is that the top secret spy? It's your MI6 boss, mate. Can I confirm it's you? <laughs> what do you expect me to do while you are gone on a mission? Just make yourself comfortable. Don't drink too much champagne while I'm gone. Oh, well, that's an impossible ask. <laughs> Just have fun. Watch the episode of The Saint and the Avengers would be fun for you. So we've great. moved on 20 years here. This is in the two, 60s now. Two great episodes uh, cancelled after only a pilot. Very sad and tragic. Would be fun for you. Okay, Ian Shag. <laughs> <laughs> After this, Ian Shag considers politics, again according to Dendy Lion, and goes on a two-page internal rant about Nazis and communists, which actually goes to some pretty fucked up places, so I've decided not to reproduce it here. I mean, that must be pretty fucking bad given the rest of it. Yeah, I, I so want to know what that said now. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so this is from, again... Uh, no, this is from another one of those same fucking books, The Commander Who Shagged Me. It opens with Ian receiving a very inappropriately named mission from S. Then we go to Moscow, and again we meet a bartender with large knockers. You will be on a mission with a Russian agent named Miss Smythe. <laughs> and Ruth the mission strictly protect. <laughs> oh no! Wait, that's gone from She's definitely not a Russian yeah. agent. Don't worry. Uh, 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 and the mission is the commander who shagged me. Oh shit! Yeah, every mission just has the name of like a book. I guess. S, S gets to say the line every time. It's not fair. Like, who thinks of these things? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it is about retrieving a microfilm from the Russians, too. Miss Smythe is a KGB agent who is also a commander of the Russian Navy, too. It is a deadly mission. <laughs> <laughs> then Yushag asks... What, what is the assignment? <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't listening. The one you've literally just read out to me. What is the assignment? Can you say it again for some reason? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Better explain this again for the, the the slow on the pickup, the uptake rather. You two will have to retrieve the microfilm, and what is on the microfilm is unknown. Oh, because shit. British agents on the other missions could find what is on it. The microfilm. They must have found what... it, and the KGB killed them. Because yeah, the microfilm. The, is the microfilm the is what the KGB is after, too. It, it <laughs> might be in Japan because Japanese agents are also backstabbers. <laughs> you know those shifty Japanese. Stick right? it to the Japanese, um, man. So be aware of that, too. Japanese agents might have the microfilm, too. 
<laughs> so I guess we're cutting forward. He's, he's now on this mission. Just some but... casual racism and just, yeah, always, yeah. what the fuck? To be uh... fair, it's exactly the same message that they have about every country and designated survivor. <laughs> <laughs> they can't or be trusted. 24, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, man. We, I can't wait to do that episode. Uh, That's going to but... be wild going to be awesome um but yeah the ne- next up we have a bartender and a stockbroker like going toe to toe the bartender insulted the stockbroker what is this about asked the stockbroker the bonds that you sold me lost value <laughs> replied the bartender everyone could see her large knockers too I thought Geraint conveyed the, the large knockerness of it all very <laughs> yeah. expertly in his yeah. line reading there. You know, I have always said myself, um, I like CBGBs and who was that woman with the big tits who had huge tits and she used to wiggle <laughs> them around. She was an Andy Warhol actress. She used to at move her tits with muscles like a bodybuilder at Max's Kansas City. I have also always said aren't men allowed to admire the female form anymore and i'm not going to ask the whole of womankind if i can call tits tits what would you advise i say instead of big tits jerry pulled out her tits at max's kansas city when i was there i don't know if she did it all the time it was a bit of fun i mean no offense (laughs) so i do i do i do see the writing the tweet writing style of dave davis of the kinks echoed very much in the the for writing of Roger London Erie. Yeah, do we abs- do we know for absolute certain that this isn't him? Um, yeah, yeah like, this is what he's been doing while the Kinks wait to get back together when the yeah. pandemic's over. <laughs> 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 this is no, that's awesome. I'm just waiting for uh, the woman with the big tits who had big tits to show up at some point in this <laughs> this book. Um, a bar fight began and then Dala and Ian left the bar and went to the restaurant to have a late breakfast during the day. It was after then breakfast that Dala, Harriet and Ian Shag went to Town Square in <laughs> Moscow to read the information on a seat nearby the wall. What information is this anyway? asked Ian Shag, lighting, tasting and exhaling smoke from his Sherlock Holmes pipe as Dala, Harriet and Ian were looking at the top <laughs> secret information. <laughs> About Mrs. Miss Smythe. Sorry, I didn't mean to read. I we've established Geraint is playing Ian Shag. So I, I am Ian Shag. I am yeah. him. It is the plan to kill her because she is after the microfilm. Is why. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of that extract. <laughs> uh, oh my God! This next one. Um... Red November. Here we go. The best kind of November. <laughs> this is chapter one. A vacation in Holland. One thing that Dara Peel and Ian Shag knows about the mission is that the Red November is about a Russian stockbroker who is also a mad scientist who wants to turn planet Earth to dust and smoke. I swear we had a guy who could turn things into dust previously. Oh, anyway, this guy's very originally named. He's called John Gorbachev. (laughs) 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 Just like, oh shit, what's a Russian name? For now, Dara Peel and Ian Shagger in the evening at a local Holland hotel known as the Dykes Who Knew. <laughs> that, again, that sounds like a, a book title. 
The Dutch girl had large knockers for a sexy Dutch girl because he is a conservative businessman. <laughs> she had the big tits that were huge tits because of being a conservative oh, yeah, sorry, businessman. Yeah. Um, pleasure time, right? Ersty in shag, smoking his Sherlock Holmes pipe. <laughs> I am a desk clerk at this hotel with many pleasures to offer you. However, I see you have a mate, so continue enjoying pleasures of life with her, replied the Dutch desk girl clerk with large knockers. Yes, my dear, I believe we shall be going. Yes, Ian, we shall have champagne tonight in my bed along with a bubble bath. Bubble bath in bed. These people are fucking decadent. <laughs> Absolute perverts to a man. Okay, now, like, he completely, like, develops a new writing style. It's just, it gone is, you know how I talked about how there was, like, the Cormac McCarthy style brevity, where it was just, like, you know, Mike Gapes ate the child. Like, that's the whole sentence. Like, now it's like, the lift was accessed by Dala and Ian. The lift boy asked to what floor, but each of these is its own line, like in a poem. Ian told him the top floor. Dala and Ian exited the lift. Not even the most poetic bit in these books. Like That was like, the old people, young people, people with the big tits who had huge tits. <laughs> the key was accessed to open the door. Inside, it was a Dutch-style hotel room. <laughs> Presumably because it's in the Netherlands. The room also had champagne glasses and tobacco smoke too. But no tobacco, <laughs> just, just the smoke like emanating Just the smoke. <laughs> just the smoke just sort of wafts around ambiently wherever they go. <laughs> Wait, is Dala, is, is Dala Peel even German? Uh, is Dala Peel a Nazi? I th- it, it said she was a former Nazi at one point, but I feel like the author maybe confused her with that other character. Whatever, I'm going to keep doing yeah. my German voice. Uh, I want to see the bathtub, said Dara Peel. <laughs> I do see the point with that. <laughs> Replied the eloquent Ian Shag. The next few hours they went skiing, and even moments after skiing, Gala and Ian were making love under the bed. Co- How did they get back? Were to they that like skiing place? through the open hotel windows? <laughs> like jump or something. Was That's quite put Roger Moore. Google Translate a couple times. <laughs> From fucking Russian, no doubt. Ian cocked his head to her large knockers and kissed them. She kissed his mouth, in which was sweet like peanut butter. And even uh, exactly. his lips were warm. And Ian kissed Darla Peel on the neck, cheeks, and mouth, and then pours more chilled champagne into the traditional champagne glasses as they made love moments and later. An alternative. Mate, he's obsessed with champagne. They were in bed right. by this time. All the stuff they just said about them being like in bed. They were in bed by this time, by the way. It was after Dala had a woman's time to herself with a lovely bath for one thing. Ring! Hang hang on, so within moments after skiing, they were making love under the bed covers. By the way, they were in bed. But this was after Dala had woman's time to herself with a lovely bath. (laughs) Ring! That's not much time to herself. Ring! Ring! Ian Shag ticked up the phone. Yes? Asked Ian Shag. Yeah, yeah. This is S, 
please excuse me are Darla and Ian Shag in <laughs> like the most whack yeah. comma placement in that shit <laughs> yes this is he <laughs> what a response <laughs> this is he uh, these oh, are all, by the way, Dandy Lion has not actually read any of these books. These are all the first few pages shown in the Amazon previews. Um, right. <laughs> the Royale Pig features Ian Shag working undercover as a sex model. <laughs> when you've just designed a real good sex and you need somebody <laughs> to, to model it. Oh, this, this is another triumph of dialogue in this one. Oh shit, Dollar's back, yeah. Ian's back. I-, I wonder what time it is, asked Ian Shag, smoking his Sherlock Holmes pipe. It is only two in the afternoon, replied Dollar Peel, looking at her watch. Great Scott, I would have another gin, <laughs> smoking that Scottish Shag. shit again. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Nothing unusual about this gin, except it is cold and chilled. I know! It goes good together when it comes to sex, is all. (laughs) (laughs) Is all. Dalla Peel and Ian Shag were making love and drinking chilled gin, and Ian was also smoking (laughs) Sherlock Holmes pipe too. All at the same time, that's really fucking impressive, (laughs) honestly. He's multi-talented, he's just a very, very specific (laughs) set of talent, isn't he? Oh, meaty, meaty bit for your ear here, man. (laughs) (laughs) You two have another mission to begin, replied S. Which is that? The Royale Pig. (laughs) <laughs> what, what kind of mission is that? You two will work together in Russia with the Soviets in an acid ring and the liquor oh. business also transfers liquor around the world from a beautician business in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, Ian will be a sex model and you will as well be a sex model <laughs> darla oh right okay da- yeah right that makes sense. as undercover agents for british agents <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you will have to start from scratch because we have nothing on the KGB to start with. An entirely clean record, seemingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing at all. It might be a bit Not bullshit, one yeah. thing. Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> we don't even know who they are. What does it stand for? Uh, you will take the British Airways tomorrow. Yes, yeah, fly S, out to the Soviet some Union with on, a a, on like a, a standard British air. I love that. Said S. Drinking some gin. (laughs) Everyone is pissed. How am I talking, saying all that through the drinking gin? Just uh, taking a long time. (laughs) It's it's like a ventriloquist trick, you know? Like, drink a glass of water (laughs) while you're... Oh, look, it's not me. (laughs) 
Okay, let's do the action sequence, and then we'll just we'll uh, go to the uh, the the Excel spreadsheet that I've got and and take yeah. a look at the wider oeuvre. Sure. The Nazi H. So this one is from uh, the spy who was a journalist. So that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> that could be anyone. What is all of this from? Like these, are, so these are books on Amazon. These are yes. like fucking hundreds of books that yeah. are available on Amazon. They seem to be holy uh, shit. I think I reckon someone plugs in the character names and a couple of plot points into a generator, and it's yeah. sort of generated from there. Because like no one's, even if someone's just a really bad weird author, like they wouldn't be able to come up with a volume of them. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, the Nazi agent caught fire, and so did the KGB agent. Horseshoe <laughs> theory for you. <laughs> there was a fire inside of the hotel room so Dala Peel and Sir Ian Shag flew down the hotel and they both used a British parachute in which was a British flag again this is quite real these are getting more realistic like that's exactly the sort of thing we would do they yeah. saw down on the ground a group of Nazi agents and KGB agents shooting at them those agents below were chasing after them Dala Peel and Sir Ian Shag glide down on the other side of the hotel and they used a flamethrower to burn up the group of Nazi agents and KGB agents. Boom! Boom! <laughs> that, that famous flamethrower sound. Boom. <laughs> the other side of the hotel room was being chased. <laughs> what? The other side of the hotel room was being chased by the Nazi agents. So some inception shit, the walls are like shifting yeah. away from the Nazis. <laughs> it's, it's in a mad sort of Escher sort of painting and it just does, chooses not to mention it. <laughs> Dala Peel and Sir Ian Shag shot back. Ian Shag used a laser gun and killed the Nazis. The laser gun also boom. We should get out of here, Dala, said Ian Shag. Where to? Asked Dala Peel. To the other hotel room. Ah, <laughs> oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> it was moments later Sir Ian Shag was smoking his Sherlock Holmes <laughs> And then the fire inside the fireplace rose too. Ian Shag, I don't have the words. Said Dara Peel. Let me increase your vocabulary. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever this prank author has definitely wrote that bit. They're like, yes, I've nailed this James Bond shit. (laughs) It was... (laughs) (laughs) Let me increase... That's like some MacGruber shit, you know? Like... like, uh, like, Like, Pure Roger Moore era Bond. That's actually quite convincing. Kirsten Wiig's character is like, let me just Mm -hmm. take the pliers out of your legs. She's like... "Uh, uh, No, she's... She's like, let me let me just sew up your wound, and he's like, leave it open. I like holes. <laughs> Dala okay. Peel and Sir Ian Shag were kissing the British way. It was like <laughs> kissing a British lesbian. It was queer and romantic too. They both fell asleep in their arms. The next morning, no Sir Ian Shag. Ah. The two empty champagne glasses were on top of a letter. Letter. Sorry that I have to run, Dala Peel. However, we have a mission called The Spy Who Was a Journalist. Just in case there are any KGB agents reading this. (laughs) We will have to meet at headquarters in London, England. We will meet S for farther detail. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Is that the end of that one? Yeah, because I feel like 
the next one is is like a continuation of of the previous screenshot. The next one is basically the same as the last one. Yeah, yeah, it's just pure action. Like, yeah, in fact, it, it is does... almost exactly the same because it still has. With... It's pure action, but with like three different letters. Yeah, like, in, yeah. Like, like ex- extracts of letters. Right. So the first bit's a little bit different. It's still an action scene. I hit the barrels of oil <laughs> with my three fifty seven handgun, said Ian Shag. What now? Asked our appeal. Just wait a minute. Boom! The two KJB speedboats. K- what is a KJB? Exploded into a bonfire moments later. A bonfire. <laughs> you know, it's a fire that you get from a bomb. Yeah, it makes sense. Let's go to the hotel. It was from barrels of oil being hit with a gun. Yeah, yeah Ian Shag says, let's go to the hotel, and Dara replies. I would conquer. Isn't that exactly the same dialogue she had in the previous part? Yes, and it gets more more similar to that as well. See if this sounds similar to any of you. At the Oxford Hotel, Darla Peel and Sari and Shag were making love to each other, and then the champagne was taken out to drink, in which it was chilled pink champagne and drinking champagne. I, I, don't, I don't have the words, Ian. Of course, let me increase your vocabulary. <laughs> he really likes that line so much that he's just going to use it in all of his books for now. It's incredible. You know, you know nothing. I don't, there's nothing I find hotter than a woman with a pair of pliers near my balls. Uh, they, both forced, they both fell asleep into each other's arms before in the ongoing fireplace. They fell in. Oh my god, they fell into the fireplace. The next morning, no, no, Sir Ian Shag. Yeah, because he'd been vaporized in the fireplace. Again, literally the same line from the last one. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. this time the letter's a bit, a bit lower effort. Darla Peel, I have gone to headquarters to do another mission for S. The mission is called the Double Agent from Vermont. I will see you soon. <laughs> They're gonna hunt and kill Bernie Sanders. <laughs> that that is yeah I know that sorry that is really funny actually yeah the, the double agent from Vermont telling uh no doubt in the in the pay of the KGB but like yeah I, I, the, this is actually from a different book yeah as are the next two screenshots they, these are all from different books bang. The KJB agents are dead. But he keeps saying KJB. The next moment, the Monte Carlo Casino is being visited by Darla Peel and Sir Ian Shag after all the KJB agents were being declared dead. The Monte Carlo Casino was being visited by many die-hard businessmen and women. There were high stakes after Sir Ian Shag won the bet and went to the Monte Carlo Hotel next to the casino. The hotel had chilled champagne next to an ongoing fireplace in pink mink coats too. So uh, this is such a luxurious locale. The champagne was literally clad in mink coats. Alright, here we go. This is time for our classic sexually charged double act here. Ian Shag, I don't have the words, said Darla Peel. Let me increase your vocabulary. I won 20 20 million at the casino today. (laughs) So he varies it slightly there. Darla Peel and Sir Ian Shag fell asleep moments later as she felt an orgasm in her uterus. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think this might be the exact moment, almost to the second, where we finally go down to 0% female listenership. <laughs> we're close, we're close as it is, but that's the last straw. The next morning, no Sir Ian Shag. Oh, a letter under the earthy champagne glasses, you say? <laughs> yes, indeed. Letter. <laughs> Style appeal. I am at headquarters about the next mission called From Paris with Love. That is definitely taken. Probably by a secret <laughs> service mission. <laughs> As well. It is about the French Communist Party, in which Pierre Smythe is a jewel thief <laughs> who we must catch in the act. So see you at headquarters in London, England, Sir Ian Shag. <laughs> I love that they've got to use both yeah. first and last names. Anyway, so. This is from, uh, I guess, Women in Your Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the next one. Great, you kick this one off. I'll do my rush, my male Russian <laughs> accent then. I know nothing about a secret microfilm and a mad scientist wanting to turn the planet Earth into dust and smoke, replied Ian Shag. What is the name of the mad scientist? Dr. Moscow, replied the second KJB agent. <laughs> Mr. Seamus <laughs> I love Dr. Moscow, but that's great. It was moments later that Sir Ian Shag threw his gin and scotch on the three KJB agents and then lit them with a match. <laughs> this is like, I've got, I have, oh, I am so going to include that in Gatecast, where Gate just... <laughs> Kills some Russian. Can we just like copy this word for word, but like it's just gapes. So it's, it's like, you know, now at the top floor, Tatiana Roman and, and Sir Mike Gapes were making love. <laughs> just like have him do the like let me increase your vocabulary line in the gapes voice and stuff like that. <laughs> I can just imagine gapes being like Doctor Moscow, so we meet again. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got we've got to do a full on Bond parody game cast now. It totally. has to be done. Sir Ian Shag threw them down into the pool area at the bottom floor. Splash! 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 Now, at the top floor, Tatiana Roman and Sir Ian Shag were making love and drinking chilled gin and scotch before an ongoing fireplace. I don't have the words, Ian Shag, said Tatiana Roman. Let me increase your vocabulary. <laughs> Replied Ian Shag. <laughs> Sir Ian Shag kissed Tatiana Roman. Then they went to sleep. The next morning, no Sir Ian Shag. Under the two gin glasses was a letter. Letter. Tatiana Roman, I will see you some other time. <laughs> I have to see an informer in London for my next mission with Her Majesty's Secret Service for the MI6. By the it way, is... here is the full name of this informer, just again in case any KJB agents happen to be reading this. It is called Women in Your Eyes, so see you then, Sir Ian Wh Shag. Women in Your Eyes is an incredible title. Yes. It's, it, it's like there's this song by the like all African American <laughs> proto punk band Death, which fucking rocks called um, Politicians in My Eyes. It feels like very much women in my eyes. It's such a weird turn of phrase, but it's great because it made me think of Death, the band. 
<laughs> not the metal band who I don't like. Yeah. And not the concept of death. Not the concept of death, which I am a fan of for some people, but not for myself necessarily. Uh, maybe at some point. <laughs> now, this thread is incredibly long. Uh, we have been sanctioned uh, to basically use any of it we so wish. Uh, we've obviously so far just been through the entire first section of it, pretty much. We have read about half of it, I think. Um, we no, maybe not quite half. We've got up to the point where uh, he starts repeatedly mentioning the London Times. Yeah, but let's actually just take a little detour to um, look at the entire London Eerie oeuvre. Can I request to read one more? Literally, just yeah, one uh, more because okay, I found that I found a highlight first. of the thread. It's one of these political rants the the, the thread author refers to now and again. Time for a four-hour four episode. So expounding on on Sir Ian Shag's personal ideology. Sir Ian Shag is an arch diehard British who is a pig and a freeloader, because many support less tax on your wealth because even a chef and cook could benefit from that. Because many socialist British and communist British supported Prime Minister Thatcher. And, <laughs> and there are pigs who likes luxurious women, who are lovely women to a man who are Asian and Italian. Because some would want to own a publishing company or a film production company or software company is why. They are losers because most diehards are pigs and only pigs is all and only that and Sir Ian Shag is also a loser and a trader who smokes a Sherlock Holmes pipe and drinks many alcoholic drinks like gin and also an arch diehard British like David Niven and Sean Connery and Ben Franklin is who they were because many British diehards support socialism even though they support less tax on your wealth or income because even a, sh- a cook or chef benefit from that. There are an arch diehard British who are a man's world who supports <laughs> Paul was a very rich tent maker and writer and some of these are ex-Mormons and JWs who are against control makes arch diehards. Wait, what does JWs mean? I, I what? don't ask, don't tell. I, I have a theory. Uh, let's not ask. Um, <laughs> some of those are arch diehard British too. Oh, oh yeah, no, you're yeah, right. You know, Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, okay, yeah, that's what it would mean. I thought it meant something. Yeah, no, that is what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of trying to quickly skim ahead to make sure it did that before I read that bit because you know, um, <laughs> yeah, probably Jehovah's Witnesses. They are found in the Playboy Enterprise. Even free enterprise is an arch diehard philosophy of government. It is mostly traditional communists and diehards who push socialism in England, who go to Oxford University with MBA in business, are also doing it even at private colleges in America. However, it is mostly arch diehard British and traditional communists who are doing it. Doing what? Like supporting <laughs> Margaret Thatcher? I don't, I've, I've oh, lost. oh, yeah. Also, there is tradi- also there is traditional communist against control, just like arch diehard <laughs> British who are. Uh, they uh, is he on about anarchists now? I don't know. There are even traditional communists who support defence build-up. Paul Mason, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's bringing Paul Mason into the books. 
<laughs> and who are also our pigs too, as much as our <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. Paul Mason. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, you know, but so I, I didn't realize the security services recruited so many circus entertainers. But he's yeah. determined to prove. Arch diehard British are not about religion with defense buildup. You're right. He likes the defense buildup. He doesn't like the Catholics. We've established that about Paul Mason. <laughs> But the means when it comes to a military conflict, such making the world safe from criminals is all they are. They are just <laughs> not the outcome. Now, see, this is what makes me think. Obviously, like, these all read, like, kind of AI with, like, mm. a massive load of phrases jumbled together. Uh, but sometimes kind of flow together and uh, more often than not don't. But there are some thoughts in here that whilst rambling are sort of semi-coherent mm-hmm. and... Do seem to be repeatedly emphasised. What I'm wondering is if simply the germ of those ideas is contained within enough within the short phrases that the AI puts together, yeah. and yeah. The, and thus they, in the right context, can seem like the rest of that context is saying the same things they are, but it's mostly just coincidence. I, I yeah. don't know. Or he's, he's writing little bits of it and letting the AI generate the rest around it, which is yeah. like bits of crap but make sense, and, and other bits of it just tail off. Well, I've got a theory. I've got a theory on this from from having read the thread the other day and a couple of sort of articles it links to as well. Um, okay. So I think I mean I think it is AI generated. Like for example, there's this thing called AI Dungeon that I think people use playing D and D and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where they put like the the basic plot points in and it generates the rest. So I reckon they've probably okay. used something like that, something that works along the, the same way. And But I think the, the gist of it is get volume of books out there on Amazon. Now, they're, they're too expensive. There's probably no one buying them because they're like 12 quid a shot or something like that. But it sounds like it used to be profitable to like get them up on Audible, pay someone absolute pennies to, to read them out. And, um, like, like we're doing right now, <laughs> get, get get free Audible streams that way for for like oh, being an author, man. which you can then gaming. sell on for a small amount. So it's like gaming the streaming system mm-hmm. because like there's this guy who yeah. I know I know about through Will Sloan from uh, Michael and Us, which mm-hmm. is that basically uh, this dude called Matt Farley mm-hmm. who makes like uh, like not literally this, but like fifty songs a day. And yeah. put them on streaming services because, yeah. like, the more shit you have on streaming, if they're services, at least forty seconds long and people are streaming them, um, the more money you make. And it's like how all of sort of small all of, income, yeah. It's like all of Drake's albums mm-hmm. now have like thirty songs on them but, because yeah. he knows that to, he knows that to get Drake numbers, he needs to release as much music as possible. Yeah. So this person is basically following in the footsteps but of I Matt Farley and Drake. From what I was reading as well, though, the, the gist of it on Audible was they would give every author, like, 20 gift copies and stuff, which could be sold on for, like, even a tiny amount, and it would be pure profit. But they closed that loophole, like, a year ago or something like that. Because that, yeah. the, the reason okay. that got me thinking this is what has happened is there's an author bio on here. Uh, of Roger Londonieri that's got his nonsense about his, his fake degree from his, his clown university he claims he's been a journalist <laughs> for the London Times oh that's Times. where Paul Mason went isn't it yeah yeah um, clown university 
but it claims he was born in mm. 1900. But uh, what it also says <laughs> after that is Roger Londonier is writing a new series starting with a British MI6 agent known as Ian Fuck in the Patriot. <laughs> so firstly, I love the idea. He's like, right, I think this Ian Shag thing's played out now. I've written like 30 books. I, I can't have amount of ideas for him. <laughs> I need a new character, a different character, uh, someone to to inspire new ideas. How about Ian Fuck? <laughs> But that that that's never surfaced though, so I think that's why I think that's why his plans have just abolished. There's, there's just not the same money in, in churning out fifty books at a time. Yeah, and let's get to what those books are in a second. But I just wanted to say, but yeah, it does feel like the author has some stuff to say, like that you can support lower taxes and also the Conservative Party, but still be a socialist or a traditional communist, even. Yeah, it seems like they they passionately feel that because I just can't imagine <laughs> that that idea is such a recurring one throughout this. Like, I can't imagine that would just be the, a coincidental words and phrases finding each other and creating a meaning. I think that the author set out to make that point. There is a genuine ideological thrust. There's loads of cases of uh, it, it being combative as well as trying to join the ideas and i think it's kind of just mm-hmm. doing both over and over again mm. yeah a few sentences about that a few sentences of him maybe grumbling about the communists and stuff and the ai has kind of turned it into this unique nasball ideas <laughs> yeah yeah. 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 Well, let's just like go through uh, the this spreadsheet with all the books on. Them. I agree, though, Jack, that there's definitely an ideology that's visible. Like, there's the reason they picked the words that they madlibbed into the story. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there, there seems to be four separate series thus far. Two of them featuring a lot more books books than the others. So, firstly, um. This first series is all written under the name Roger Londonieri. So, you have the Ian Shag series, which consists of the Royal <laughs> Commander, the Traditional Commander, Operation Seaport, Operation Lancaster, the Roger Londonieri short story collection, her swastika, a Nazi who shagged me, the, nu- the spy with a double life, the KGB agent who shagged me, the commander who shagged me, the Red, the red November, the Royal Pig, the spy who was a journalist. <laughs> That's the best one, I love it. <laughs> the double agent from Vermont. I agree with the spy who was a journalist. He's shining a light on the same issues that we have tried to on this very show. From Paris with Love, which seems to be in quotation marks on this, like stylized in quotation marks a la David Bowie's Heroes or Bob Dylan's Love and Theft, but I'm not sure if that's the title. Women in, a, in Your Eyes is next. Then Commander, <laughs> Spy, Lover. That's followed by Operation Penthouse, Secret Mission for Traditional Spies Only. <laughs> Operation... <coughs> he's a conservative, he's a traditional British communist. Um, o- Operation Espionage. 
Shoot. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> Shoot to kill. Sh- Shunder shield. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Now that that is not that is not a typo. It is simply Wait. called on Her Majesty, not Majesties. <laughs> that there's literally a James Bond title. Yes. Isn't it? Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, it says, but basically, there seems to be another series called the Scott Fleming series, which, from what I can see, contains all the same books as the Ian Shag series, except the author they are credited to is James Bond. <laughs> then, in, in addition to that, in addition to that, the first book of the Ian Shag series, which does not also appear in the James Bond Scott Fleming series, the Royale Commander also appeared as both the Royale Commander and the Commander in the Ian Shag series. <laughs> so the Royale. That's the radio edit version, you know, the the clean version you can buy in Walmart. Well, I I wouldn't be so sure about the cleanness, because whilst the Royale Commander edition of the Ian Tag book, the first Ian Tag, first and only Ian Tag book, uh, was written by one Ian Tag, the alternate edition, the Commander was supposedly written by one Bill Clinton. (laughs) Uh, And so ultimately, you seem to then also have a Bill Clinton series, again containing only one book, featuring the Commander, written by James Bond slash Commander James Bond. Now that's not all, because I didn't scroll down to the entire document. You then have the Linus Holmes series. That's Holmes as in Sherlock. <laughs> Firstly, okay, and once again, this seems to be shared both by the Linus Holmes series by Linus Holmes, this series of books, and the Pierre French series written by <laughs> Lord Goodwin. <laughs> okay, so... Firstly, in this series, you have the commander who was roiled, which was also known in one of its two Linus Holmes editions as the commander who was roiled uh, is a name used by both by Linus Holmes <laughs> and Lord Goodwin for that series, that <laughs> book. But the commander that was roiled was merely used in one edition by Linus Holmes. Then you have Operation Red Star. <laughs> Following that, you have Princess Aquapussy, <laughs> a book that has so far only been published under the Linus Holmes moniker. However, Lord Goodwin and Linus Holmes both published under their imprature. <laughs> Holy Pussy. Uh, I am, I am. The next um, instalment in the series. <laughs> rendered speechless by some of these. Uh, you know how it's a man's man's world, if we've, been, if we've been told... In, in the famous song. Well, and in our Spotify stats. Yeah, well, the following book <laughs> is called What a Man's World is Like. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, James O'Brien publishing those two books where he just subtly changed the yeah. title for the second one, but they're just, if you open them, they're just exactly the same book. Next up, you've got On the Double, 
followed by presumably a follow-up to Princess Aquapussy and Holy <laughs> Pussy, Notto Pussy. That is followed with Moon Lovers. And then The Perfect Gentleman, The Property of a Scarlet Lady, or at least that was what it co- was called <laughs> when Linus Holmes released it. The Lord Goodwin book was called The Property of Ooh. the Scarlet Lady. Following that, you got Mission Accomplished, you got women in your <laughs> eyes. Got, wait, hang on. Wasn't wasn't it already women in your eyes? In the pre- yeah, it was. That was the name of, the name of a fucking James Bond slash Roger Londonderry book. Oh, wait. There's another fucking category as well, which you guys will like. This oeuvre is fucking huge. Uh, you have got... Mission accomplished. Uh, yeah, sorry. Hooter pussy next. <laughs> then <laughs> underalls, like overalls, but uh, under. Underall. Right. Okay. Next up, you've got bad women, bad men, the idiot who loved me. <laughs> Just another double O story, but O spelt like oh my god. <laughs> Following that, you've got an all-time high. And then following that, you've got the complete short stories of Linus Holmes, <laughs> for which Pierre French does not, uh, sorry, uh, Lord Goodwin does not have an equivalent. Then in addition to the Lord Goodwin oeuvre, you have the James Mallory series, written by one David Goodwin. Is a, Oh, so I'm thinking of Matthew Goodwin and uh, David Goodhart. Both like interchangeable fucking dinner party racists who acted in British public life. Yeah. But I'm just looking through these, and uh, these stories are all exactly the same um, <laughs> in, in name as yeah. the uh, ones of both um, de- uh, both Linus Holmes's Linus Holmes series and Pierre French uh, and Lord Goodwin's Pierre French series. Then you have a series of authors who have written significantly fewer works, but no less significant. <laughs> Firstly, David Good David Goodwin, this expert combination of both of both Mac- Matthew Goodwin and David Goodhart, um, drops the James Boner <laughs> series. <laughs> expanding on the Bond-influenced eroticism of the, of the previous books. Um, you have the first one simply called James Boner, followed by The Commander Who Shagged yeah. Me, which I swear they already used that book, following by Jagina, <clears throat> like, what? I guess, a combination of James <laughs> and Vagina. Jagina. <laughs> followed then by o- This is a good one. <laughs> Octo vagina. <laughs> well, uh, you got more? They, 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 they just not understood why octopusy <laughs> worked as a crap pun. Like what the pun <laughs> is there, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, octo just stick that in a thesaurus, see what it comes out with. Yeah. Well, I guess they are just at the stage of combining words like James with vagina. <laughs> that point. Uh, next up, you've got. You've got the Arthur Stone series, which I guess is more of like a fantasy kind of thing, because you you have a book, first off, called Sorcerers and Sorcery. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> Which is written by either Ian Scottish. Ian e- Scottish. Or, or Ian Voltaire. <laughs> the two types Ian of Ian. Vol- yeah, Ian, Ian Voltaire never reappears. The author's got a brainy name, so it must yeah, be. Yeah, they good drop book. the braininess and just go with Ian Scottish for the other two in the series. You've got Gravestone and the Magical Scepter. <laughs> then you have uh, literally they're like, oh, what's a generic man's name? Oh, I know, John Doe. So next up, you have the John Doe series by John Doe. Um, the first one. Oh, I guess these are all set in the world of high-flying global finance, because the first one is called The Fantasying Financier. The second one is called The Jerk Investor. And then (laughs) the third continues the themes of The Jerk Investor for The Jerk Billionaire. (laughs) Next up, you have my man Dubai Hemingway's Dubai (laughs) Hemingway series. Oh, my God. Straight up, continuing the the other um, the themes of a, a, an earlier book in the series, bad women, bad men. You have sad women, sad men, <laughs> and then lazy women, lazy men. Say the kind of person who would write a book called Bad Women, Bad Men, and then recycle the title so blatantly. Right. Then Dubai Hemingway short story collection. Then. The Lighthouse and the Sea. (laughs) (laughs) Which is literally... uh, I can't just call it The Lighthouse and the Sea for fuck's sake. That's fuck... That's... (laughs) Take... Oh my god. Okay, so that's the name of a couple of very old films. Um, But then they have Sad Women Who Are Bartenders. (laughs) (laughs) Presumably with huge knockers. Then... Two set in the Spanish-speaking world. You have Fishing in Cuba and Death in Spain. Oh, my God. Quick, I'm determined to get through all of these. We're almost getting to the end now. There's the New News Chronicles. Yeah, the New News Chronicle has three editions, all of which seem to be written by Lloyd Goodwin. Not Lord. Uh... Lord, Lord Goodwin and Lloyd Goodwin, unrelated. <laughs> um, the New News Chronicle has New News Chronicle Edition 1, New News Chronicle Volume 1, again, October the 2nd, uh, 1920, 19, uh, 2019, sorry. And then the New <laughs> News Chronicle, also Volume 1, despite being the third edition, released on the 2nd of November 2019. Then you have... a. Both of these names are spelt with an X at the start, so you'll see my conclusion. Zia <laughs> Zilbris. Zia Zilbris's Zia Zilbris series starts with... I guess this is all... <laughs> this one... Okay, this, this is good shit. So, 20 Sinful Virgins Enterprise. <laughs> followed by, was Lord Byron a, Lord Bra- a lawbreaker? <laughs> followed then by... By greed is good, followed by sex is greed. <laughs> so, no, I was going. I've always said sex is good, but it's sex is greed. Then was David Hume a flaming liberal? Well, greed is good and <laughs> sex is greed, so sex is good. <laughs> I guess yeah, so, yeah, it works. Uh, was David Hume a flaming liberal? Followed by 
<laughs> Sex is a verb. Followed then by the Jewish aristocrats. What? <laughs> followed by the American the American aristocrat, singular. Followed by the atheist aristocrat. Right. Final series. The Freud Sinclair series. <laughs> <laughs> That was brilliant, mate. <laughs> By Freud Sinclair. So, <laughs> Freud Sinclair begins his first Freud Sinclair book. It's simply called Nixon Innocent? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> 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 then I, I guess this uh, Freud Sinclair is a sort of a one, book. it's a one word book that's very bold. <laughs> no, is the next is, is my my book like length response. Anyway, then you've got. The Correspondent About War. (laughs) Highfalutin political writing, clearly. Then, A Treatise of Government Reform. Not on. Of. (laughs) Finally, they return to Nixon, presumably after Nixon Innocent, to answer no, with Was Nixon Part of the Russian Mafia? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry, sorry, I got that wrong. Part of part of the Russia mafia. Different to the Russian That's mafia. Much worse. Like the Judea yes. People's Front and the People's Front of Judea. The Russia mafia are way worse than the <laughs> Russian mafia. They're they're the ones who the Soviet Union all deported to America in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> the rest you have. So these are just individual books or books by someone who's only written a couple, although obviously it's the same person as all these other books, but you have <laughs> firstly two books by Dutch Ian um, you have Spies in Action and then A Nurse's World <laughs> David Goodwin returns with an informative non-fiction book called Times Tables 1 to 100 Linus Holmes, meanwhile, has written how to be a trillionaire in the stock market. James Doe has written, Was Walt Disney just a religious man? Ian, Vol- okay. yeah. Ian Voltaire, Ian Shag, and David Goodwin have either collaborated on or each published under their own name a book called James Bond, Women of the Baltic Sea. Joseph Smith, meanwhile, Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, has written a book for them called <laughs> Young <laughs> Young Professional Marxist Businessmen, A Legacy. <laughs> and then finally, this is the final thing on, on this 123 column Excel spreadsheet is a loose romantic British commander by Bill Guile. <laughs> okay. So that's the entire oeuvre. I don't think uh, we can read any more of the uh, extracts right now. But no. maybe no. I-, I think, I've had a thought, I think that one of the angles of this scam... They probably target people who don't, who are just not really like paying attention, not very uh, bright, perhaps, and they're just like, "Oh, this this looks like a 
book that's uh, yeah. that name sounds familiar. It must be good. I'll buy this for somebody as a gift. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. the other person never really the, cares so. enough to do anything about it. So and that's they, how they get a sale. And they've tried <laughs> to span like all these different genres and markets. Gaming like, it to yeah, hit like yeah, all the different yeah. James Bond keywords. So if you're searching for that, it might come up on like, the second page of results exactly. or something. Yeah. Oh, this is the 2021 version of when that you you used to have like those cheap made it for DVD or made for video movies in the oh, yeah, yeah. bins yeah. that were worse, always really this similar is... to some famous mainstream yeah. movie snakes on a train know. and all that yeah even yeah. even yeah. Steven, even Steven Seagal would thumb his nose at this shit I think but like yeah they've tried to like cover all bases and all possible markets with like a book on how to do your times tables which is presumably still just like Roger Nar then Mets, uh, <laughs> Delia Fuck. I kind of want to read drank, that one. I'm they, curious they drank, how they did that. They drank champagne uh, uh, over her big knockers, <laughs> which were huge tits. It's free to get an Amazon sample. I kind of want to check out that one, see if it is that ridiculous. You should. Uh, you should absolutely uh, do that, man. Me, um, just like one little last of many Roger Londonieri, Londonieri uh, bios here. So here's another about the author page. Roger Londonieri, a well-known author, more than 20 books. <laughs> he earned that. That was, that was how it spelled. It's not no is a well-known author of more than twenty books. Roger Londonieri, a well-known author, more than twenty books. He earned Bachelor <laughs> of Business Administration in twenty sixteen from Northwood University. Roger has been a journalist for the London Times. I'm sure he has, and Reuters as a freelance <laughs> journalist. He even has been known to write about religious patriot Scottish British secret agents for the MI6. Roger Londonieri is a religious patriot Scottish British American. He was born in 1900. Roger Londonieri is writing a new series starting starting with a British MI6 agent known as Ian Fuck in The Patriot. Because Ian Shag retires at the ending of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh my god, okay. We literally, we literally can't do any more. But yes, Ian Shag does at one point say the name is Shag, Ian Shag. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. Thank you again to Dendy Lion at Tezu underscore Hori for uh, hooking us up with this incredible shit. Because I yeah had a yeah that was uh, yeah. really ill. If nothing else, I, I, I feel like I've increased my vocabulary. Uh, and and, and uh, Dan- Dandy Lion has now like obviously taken to buying physical copies of these books because they're so hooked. I think they they bought the one that was like cheap because they were all like fifteen quid, and there was one that was like one twenty four for a, a price and error. So they brought that. Oh yeah, it's the double agent from Vermont. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> legendary man, Le- legendary. <laughs> See what I did there. Is it concluded that you have liars in religion that is a communist study and are a sexist and some cheap whites who are against control? Some diehards were also carefree too who were Scottish and Dutch too. They were traditional pigs. Even free enterprise isn't 
Uh, it's all crazy. Yeah. Also crazy. Nazi British Some... are just diehards who believe in being a diehard and carefree based on unalienable rights by Arch John Locke. <laughs> Some own publishing companies who were anti communist, like John Wayne, David Niven, and Walt Disney. <laughs> some own a movie business too, and some own corporations too. Hmm, some own. Who owns it? Uh, oh no, but Nazis, they're saying actually. Anyway, uh, I do. If they're saying that John Wayne and Walt Disney were Nazis, then yeah, this is actually pretty woke. Like, I agree. <laughs> Statistically, it will accidentally be woke 50% of the time. <laughs> well, we look, this shit is so good, but we can't possibly cover all of it now. No. So let's, let's, let's force ourselves to stop. This has been the Real Politic Guide to the Works of Lo- Roger Londonderry. Londonderry? Londonderry. Did I say it right? Londonderry. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's actually just it's just Roger Deary to to the to the, to the people that live there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. Peace, guys, and thanks for listening, everyone. It's tech, it's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.